Hello, everybody, and welcome back to A Pinch and a Poke, the show where I make a drink with Campari and tell you a thing. That over there was left Alex. He knows how to yabber, but I'm right, Alex, and I make this show fun. So, let's get started. Now we are about halfway through the season, so this episode's going to be a little interesting. We're looking at the equal parts cocktail that started it all for me. That's right, we're going to do the Negroni. I didn't know if I was going to do the Negroni at first because it's kind of the quintessential Campari drink. So much so that I mix up the words sometimes. You mean this whole season isn't about Negronis? But I was telling our guests from the last episode, Elizabeth and Colton, about that very fear of mine. And they were game to try it anyway. So we tried several different Negroni ideas. In the true spirit of this show and experimentation. To figure out if a one versus one versus one ratio is really what the drink needs. Negroni number one, the classic equal parts gin, sweet vermouth, and Campari. Yes, you know I love a one v one v one. This is where this is where my love of the one v one v one started. Is with the Negroni. I backed <laughs> off. I backed off the gin a little bit because I know this gin's a little bit strong, but not very much. So I think it needs a little more vermouth, or yeah, I just need something to lighten it up, or even to take less out gin. the Campari. But this is like a drink that's like, ah, yes, you must like Campari. Nobody likes it. I, <laughs> oh, man. You I, like that one? I'm between you two where I don't like it, but I don't I don't I dislike it as much. I think I like it better than the Blackbird. Really? Seriously? There, there's like a huge amount of really interesting flavors right up front. Let me try another little sip. It tastes like fruit punch that got bad. It does. It tastes like really bitter fruit punch. Like it's spoiled. And like, I kind of love it. Because I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. <laughs> I was kind of bad. I was kind of good, though. <laughs> I don't know. I think the long tail where the, the bitter Campari and the sweet vermouth are playing together is kind of fun. You like that? So Why do you like that so much? Negroni number two with an extra half ounce of vermouth. So this is, I would say, far less bitter. Far less. Like, it's far more, yeah, it's a I lot can more still taste the Campari quite a bit, but it's not quite so bit. But I feel like it's also covered up some of the really interesting complexity of the blit. Yeah. <laughs> the smell, like, it doesn't smell nearly as much as that one. That one smells way more. So I think it's kind of that same thing of, like, Game of Thrones. Like, this is supposed to be my fun free time, and I don't want to be like, bleh. And something that's supposed to be fun and good. Uh-huh. Kind of like with Game of Thrones. Whereas, like, I want, like, this is a cocktail. I want to be having fun and enjoying it. I don't want it to be like, eh. Yeah, the bitterness doesn't linger this long. So even yeah. though there's a little less complexity, it still matches with what I'm searching mm-hmm. for better. Yeah. I like this, though. Yeah, it's good. Tastes like fruit punch that didn't go bad. Yeah. No. So fruit I punch. think this one is better. So you like the bitter, the really bitter. And I, I'm not saying, I think it still needs work. Sure. That was just the wrong step. Yeah. Okay. That's the that's the famous way we experiment. I like the more vermouthy one. I, I think I also like the more vermouthy one. Negroni number three with a half ounce of simple syrup. So this is this is a bit like the the one with extra vermouth. But instead of adding extra vermouth, we just added some sugar, and I think it just eliminated the complexity. 
I can taste the alcohol burn in that one now. Yeah. This is that weird thing where you've now thrown the whole thing out of balance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that one made my stomach hurt. Ugh. Yeah, I am not a fan Ooh. of that one. I think that might be my least favorite mm. one. Yeah. Negroni number four with an added part of pineapple juice. How's That's the drink? Okay. So the pineapple comes up front right at the tip of the tongue mm. and then gets kind of crushed. Now it actually by just all tastes like fruit I'll drink this one. That one. Is pretty good. I, I like this better than the other three. I'm still not 100% sold on it, though. He's a skeptic. A skeptic. A skeptic in our midst. So I do like this drink. You can take a bigger gulp of it. Yeah, so yeah, I can. Yeah. This with the pineapple juice is. is pretty good. It's pretty good, but it tastes like a different drink. It's really heavy. It does. So to come back around and sum up a bit, the Negroni is too bitter for some people's palates, most of the company of this night, though I still really like them. Adding a little extra vermouth went a long way to make it more palatable or just a little bit more crowd-pleasing. Along this vein, I would also be willing to increase or decrease the amount of gin just to customize your Negroni a little bit, but in a lot of ways it depends on what you're looking for, and fundamentally, it's not an easy drinking cocktail. Adding simple syrup was a good experiment because we really learned that it's an easy way to throw off the balance of a drink and just make something terrible. But sometimes you just have to add some really nice pineapple juice to make a drink really tasty and crowd-pleasing. Welcome to the poke. The part of the episode where we spot information that we take for granted or didn't know. Today we're talking about the origins of an idiom. This particular idiom is in the limelight, which might as well mean the same thing as in the spotlight. The focus of public attention. The origins of the phrase are not a complete mystery because it does come from the theater, where spotlights are used to point out specific actors where you should be focusing your attention. In the 1820s, an English inventor had developed a chemical compound that burned very, very bright. This was known as quick lime and has a lot of the same chemicals as limestone. After a decade or so of being used only as a surveying tool to make measurements over long distances, it was brought into theaters and used to illuminate the stage for both spotlighting actors as well as creating sunlight or moonlight effects. What I find really interesting about this is that limelights were used sparingly in the first half of the 1800s and a lot in the second half of the 1800s, but it was in 1879, only about 40 years later, that Edison's electric light bulb was introduced and by the turn of the century had essentially replaced all the limelights. Why is that so interesting to you? What it means is that The limelight was only around for about 60 years, but it was an invention so well suited to its time that it ingrained itself in language for another hundred years past its use. That's all for today's episode of A Pinch and a Poke. Don't light yourself on fire. Because limelights are very flammable, and that's why they got replaced by electric lights. Also, be sure to visit the show notes for the cocktail recipe, even though it's equal parts. 
plus links to the story and my Instagram and my episodes.